couple minutes. Is that all right? Yeah. Because uh, we want to keep the devil there in the face today. Whenever we pray in tongues, he has no idea what we're talking about. So he just gets blindsided, which is a good thing. You know, so if you can join me just to pray in the spirit just for a couple minutes, then I'll get into the message that I feel the Father has for us today. So Father, here we are. We're so happy, we're so glad to be in your presence, Father. We're so grateful that we can be in your living room. Right before your throne. Not only celebrating you, but ready to receive that which you're preparing for us to eat this morning. For you're such a generous father. Mm. In bring that sick in the tail, the to Kunkubo Satana la lake, Lambum Casatan la la baku. Father, let the river of heaven flow through this place this morning. In Brabo Satana la Bacanatana la Holy Spirit, feel welcome in this place this morning, Holy Ghost. Um Cramatana la Roco Saton de Lualaca. In Brada Sende the Kenda to Orimkada Satan de Lula. Undre sitale kina moto lorobo. Um krindala setena la rim kabo. Prepare our hearts, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Make us receptive to that which is yours this Thank morning. You, Lord. Are we all saved? Amen. Amen. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to follow what the Spirit has for me this morning. Amen. Yeah. So it's going to be a ride. We're going to go together. Okay. So get your paddles out, put yourselves up, and let's go for a ride. So as I was asking the Father, what he had this morning for us, he reminded me of a message that I actually preached not long ago, actually at River Life Chapel Hill. It's really rare that, that I get that opportunity to preach the message twice. Okay? And I was actually a little bit intimidated because I was going, man, Lord, maybe people aren't even listening to her online, Lord. But there was such an emphasis again from the Father. Saying, I want you to release that which I'm telling you to release. It's not your job to worry about what it might look like. But it's yours to give. Not bread, but I want to give to my beloved. So, here's what the Father had in his heart. He said to me, the word of God. Now, I obviously want to say that part. You're already going to a particular place. When I talk about the word of the Lord. Or just the word of God itself. In our human mind, there's a place that we go to. But I want to present something else. Not any different from what you know. You already know it. But I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to highlight it this morning. So, I'm going to start from Genesis 1 here. And it says this in Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. So obviously, if you read the Bible enough, you know the rest of the story of creation. And everything that he set in motion from that day is still going on up to today. 
And it's a testimony that testifies to the majesty, to the power, to the creativeness of the Father himself. Of the word, of that word that he spoke. And that which he desired was absolutely manifest and created. That which was an invisible that we could not lay hands on. He went ahead and spoke it into existence. And exactly as he commanded, it was as exactly as it came forth. And we can see the testimony of that as we live every day in our lives. The sun comes up. There's wind blowing our face. There's trees all around us. There's rivers flowing. There's people all around us. You can see the majesty of creation declaring and pointing. To a creator. Wow. And exactly as he commanded. is exactly as he manifested. Amen? Amen. And you can see that. That's why in Romans. Say, we have no excuse. Because creation itself. Declares. Declares. It declares. It declares. Absolutely. That's right on. Thank you for finishing my sentence. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> but he declared. And it's a witness to us of the power of God's own word. It's a testimony every day when we wake up of the power of God's own word that he spoke and as he desired, he manifested. Amen? Yeah. Woo, help the Lord Jesus this morning. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there, Lord. So I'd like to fast forward into the New Testament. As most of you know, the Old Testament will it declares shadow of the real deal. Everything that we're looking at right now will perish at some point. Every natural thing that we see will perish at some point. And he's going to create everything anew by the power of his word. Just as he did in Genesis. And all that manifested. He's going to create another world. New heaven, a new earth. So, but yet, all that stuff from Genesis points to something much more greater. It is not the all-encompassing thing, but it points to something else that our Father wanted to bring our attention to. That's why Paul said, first the natural, then the spiritual. First the natural and then the spiritual. The first Adam, then the second Adam. The first Adam, the man of clay. The second Adam, the man from heaven. The first Adam, when he fell, we inherited everything he inherited. The second Adam, when he came, we also inherited what he had. Which was better than the first part. It was better than the natural part. So let's look at what it says here in John 
starting to chapter 1. And it's interesting how John really addresses it. He says this, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I like using the LNT version, by the way. I know. So I just be warned ahead of time. Sorry about that. <laughs> I love simple English. I don't need to make it complicated. I need to be able to comprehend it when I read it. So we don't need no big words interjected in there. So this is slightly a little bit different from the version that we read. I promise you, it is the same scriptures that you read, except just more refined for the African. <laughs> so, so we get with that. I can roll with that. So, if you look at what John is bringing into light in this particular part, he mirrors parallel to what he says in Genesis. In Genesis, we see a beginning point of when God spoke. But John goes farther back and says, listen, this which you see that is being manifested. Here's the real deal that you need to focus on. Not on the creation, but you need to focus on the very word that the Father spoke that actually came and manifested in the earth, in the flesh. The word that was there from the very beginning. The Father's very own word himself. His very own word that he spoke and as he created in Genesis, everything that we see and testifies of his majesty and power, he spoke again. But this time, it was his living word that came forth. Not the manifestation of our creation. The very word of God the Father himself. The one that was with God from the beginning. His word. His very word. Ooh, are you guys with me? His very word. The same word that he spoke. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary the Virgin became pregnant. The word of God, I, I don't know how much, I'm having a hard time even trying to articulate that. The very word of God himself that was there from the beginning, that was with God from the beginning, that is God who's manifested in Mary, in the flesh. The word that proceeded from the Father made itself manifest in the flesh. And John tries his best, even the Gospels themselves, they try their best to describe the word. In itself, the scriptures are not the word. The scriptures are testified and point and describe the true word, the living word himself. 
We're going to get there, people. I promise you. So here we are. We see the living world manifesting. And exactly as the Father had purposed in his heart, exactly as it was in his imagination when he looked at me and you in terms of making us a new creation, exactly the way he envisioned it, the Word performed everything exactly as what was in the Father's heart. See, the connection I'm trying to make is this. The creative power of the Lord is even beyond a magnitude to completely comprehend the things that he's doing. When he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, it is not a demeaning thing that he's saying. He's just saying, my profoundness is so large. And my creativeness is so vast that what we think as words that we read in a page is where we go. But the way the Father starts over, this is a living word. I don't know whether that blows your mind or not. But it does for me. The living word comes to the earth and exactly performs what is in the Father's heart as the Father has spoken. You can see that word going forth. And the Gospels try to capture this creative word of God himself, which is God himself, going forth, healing the sick. So the sick were healed by the word of the Lord. Demons could not stand because God's word was spoken. Sin could not stand because God's word was spoken. And exactly what the Father wanted done, it was done. Death could not even handle it. Ooh, Jesus, help me this morning. Help me this morning. <laughs> so here's what the word said himself again. This is in John. He said this. You know, because sometimes we get confused. I don't know, at least for me, you know. It's not intentional. But when we read the scriptures, we take that and we think in itself that there is life. Okay? We think in itself is there is life. It doesn't mean that the scriptures are wrong or the scriptures are bad. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. But the scriptures describe something more profound. Because in themselves... You could give a Bible an atheist by the end of it without any living encounter with the living word. It means nothing to them. So this is like the Holy Spirit. Because we all know that scripture is God breathing, right? Absolutely. But this is it's like the Lord bring it at our level. So that he can describe himself in a way that we can comprehend. But in itself, that is not where we find life or identity. Where we need to find that life or identity is an encounter with the living word himself. 
Like period. So sometimes, you see, when you have the scriptures themselves, without an encounter with the living word, you end up just becoming religious. All you do is just beat people over the with over and over and over again with the Bible. Without any concept of ever experiencing the true living word. To see what kind of nature he really has. What kind of character he really has. Because there's a facet and a creativeness of the word of God himself. That is alive. That is pulsating. Full of passion. Full of power. But it's not the scriptures that produce them. Here's what you said, okay? Actually, before I go, before I go over there, let me read. I want you to think about this with me. What it says in Hebrews chapter 1, right? It says this pretty clearly. I don't think I gave you this with the news, I'm not sure. But I read it right. This is Hebrews 1, some for verse 1. Through two, he says, as long ago God spoke many times in many ways to ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Okay. Before, it's through the prophets, through the law. I want to get to that part. But in these last days, when the world manifests in the flesh, everything shifted. Everything shifted. Everything shifted from that point forth. And that's how the Father has chosen to speak to us through the living word. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus help me. Here's what Jesus said, okay? Which is the word himself. He says this. This is John 5, starting from verse 39. He says this. You search the scriptures because you think they give eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. The Pharisees had the scriptures. All of the scriptures. And even when the living word manifested in front of them, they missed them. They missed the word of God himself. That are manifested in the flesh. Right before their eyes. But they were so struck in the scriptures. And completely missed the true living word that proceeded from the father. The one who the scriptures actually talk about. Absolutely. That's the thing. Reading the scripture besides an encounter with the living word himself. It's trouble, people. So because scripture themselves, this is what he says about scripture itself again. This is the first Timothy. He says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach. To teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. 
God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Think about it this when he talks about the sword of the spirit, right? Those are the scriptures, the sword of the spirit, the scriptures. So the Holy Spirit takes that part. And every, because we have to unlearn some things. Okay, you try to me on this one? We have to unlearn some things. Though we've been made a new creation, we have a lot of thinking that is really stinking thinking. And the Holy Spirit is trying to help us have the thoughts of Christ, which is the thoughts of the living word. Because the words are spirit and their life in themselves. It's not the scriptures where there's life and the spirit that's in the living word itself. Those words are spirit and their life. Meaning that something happens. Okay. Ooh, Lord Jesus, help me. Everybody good? Uh-huh. I feel like I'm on a pool of iron here this morning. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, Lord. All right. Here, let's go to this other part here. This is in Luke. This is Luke 24. It's a little bit lengthy. But if you can bear with me, I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay, I'm going to read the whole thing. And here's what it says. Start from uh, verse 25. This is Luke 24. Yeah. And just to give it back, this is the last chapter in Luke. Let's talk about Jesus' resurrection before that. Let's talk about the... Women went to the tomb and they found the tomb was empty. Okay? They come and tell Peter. Peter is like besides himself. So he runs over there. And lo and behold, yes, it is empty. But he's having a hard time believing that what the scriptures declared is really true. Even though he was with the living world for most of the three and a half years, it's still a not clicked. Of what? The scriptures were declaring, pointing to. So, here's these two other disciples to the road of Emmaus, okay? And one of them, one of his name was Cleopas. And a man appears next to them, and he says, actually, it was Jesus that appeared next to them, but God healed Jesus from them, so they couldn't recognize him. So, walking down this road, and he starts telling Jesus, about what has taken place in the last few days. Okay. He's telling the living world what has been happening. And he's going to say, where have you been? And Jesus, it's funny how Jesus sometimes, you know, he'd be like, oh, you should talk about it. <laughs> so he goes on and, and tells a story. And after he says all this stuff, here's Jesus' response. He says, and Jesus said to them, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah will have to transfer, I mean, he will have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from the scriptures the things. Concerning himself. Reading the word 
without the living word is trouble. Okay. But this time, they were nearing a marriage. At the end of the journey, Jesus acted as if he was going to go on. But they begged him, stay the night with us. He says, it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, poof, he's gone. They say to each other, did our hearts burn within us? As he talked with us on the Lord and explained the scriptures to us. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. Because they were excited. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them. Who said, the Lord has risen and appeared to Peter. And the two from Emmaus told the story about how Jesus appeared to them. And as they were walking along the road, and now they recognized him as he was breaking bread. And just as they were telling about it, who shows up? Jesus himself shows up suddenly standing among them. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you so frightened, ass? Why are you half so filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You see it? It's really me. Touch me. And make sure I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have, a, don't have bodies. As you see, but I do myself. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. I mean, can you imagine the feelings and emotions going on at that moment? I mean, this is a living one standing for them, explaining the scriptures. And they're sitting there going, what is happening? You see, the purpose of the scriptures is so that the Holy Spirit can point you to the living one himself. The one who is the bread, the one who is the life, the one who gives All right, let me, let me just leave it there. Because time was after, I'm trying to keep my time short. So I don't weigh you guys out. Okay, so still, as I stood there in disbelief, full of joy and wonder, then he asked him, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he ate as they watched. I mean, just all the eyes glued on the living one going. Whoa. I mean, anyways. Then he said, I was with you before. I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and what? The prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the See when the Holy Spirit opens up the scriptures to us, 
He's opening scriptures to us so that we can encounter Jesus himself. Not encounter the scriptures. The whole purpose of Holy Spirit giving us revelation is so that we can have a knowledge of Jesus himself. Not a knowledge to prophesy. It's a knowledge to help us know the living word better. That's the whole purpose of revelation. It's never to puff up our knowledge. But it's to illuminate our spirits and our souls so that we can behold the true living word that proceeded from the Father himself. And that's what we're experiencing here. They were experiencing the living word right before their eyes. Who spoke to them about the scriptures. Opening that and their hearts were burning. And the reason they were burning is because they were seeing Jesus for who he was. Not the scriptures. They were seeing Jesus. They were seeing the living word. The very word that was we got from the beginning. The word that was God himself was standing before them. Saying all this is about me. I'm the one that gives you life. I'm the one that forgives sins. I'm the one that has conquered death. I'm the one that abolishes sickness. It is not the scriptures that do that part. It's the living word that you encounter. That changes your life. Because of the living word, we're forever acceptable before the Father. Because of the word that the Father sent from himself to us, has made us forever acceptable before him. That should free us. Because it's not based on my word. It's based on the living word that proceeded from the Father himself. Exactly as the Father wanted. Exactly as the Father chose. It's not like the father just couldn't help him. He willingly chose to send his living word. Willingly. Accounting everything in our lives. And still saying, yes. Still will send the word of the Lord of that person. I'm going to send that word. And the encounter with that word is what changes people's lives. You can call scripture all day to people. But if they don't have an encounter with the living word, it's nothing. It's nothing. My prayers, when they see me, let them see you, Lord. Let them encounter you. Because I can memorize the whole entire Bible. But if I have memorized, I've never encountered who those scriptures are talking about. I have nothing. At the end of the day, I have nothing. Because the Holy Spirit takes those scriptures and uses it in our lives. Just think about somebody, you know, I was listening, I think it was Bill Joseph I was listening to, and he was talking about, you know, the word of the Spirit, and he was talking about, you know, the Roman soldiers had this little dog that they used to wear on their sides, and that's what they call the sword. And that dog was specifically used to dig out arrows that had been launched at them and embedded in them. It was not to fight the enemy because it was really short. It was a short little sword, like really short, not big. And they will dig the arrows out of themselves. The Holy Spirit uses scriptures to do what? Dig out the lives of the enemy and disbelieve and doubt. That's what was happening to the disciples. They were in doubt and disbelieve. 
when I look at him, I look at me. Because I see some disbelief. I see some doubt. So when I, lit, when I go into the scriptures, I'm looking to hear what the Holy Spirit is going to tell me about the living world so I may dig those lies out. Okay. I want to finish up with this. Okay. I want to finish up with this. And I want you to think in a lot of this. Light from the Father. Water prepared from the Father. And what that word has really done in our lives. New creation. Sons and daughters. Yes. Between those two. That is so profound. Because that which he did in creation, in Genesis, he did it again. But even better. Because we're the crown of his creation. Not the stars. Not apple trees. Not ants. Not lions. And all those things are majestic. Because they declare something about him. But it's to us that he sent the word. The living word. So I want you to have this hope in your heart. It's from Isaiah 55. Something from verse 10. It says this. And I'm starting in the middle. It says the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same way with my word. It is sent out. And it always produces fruit. It will always accomplish what? All that I wanted to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Where does the living word now? Where does it live? In us. The word that proceeded from the Father himself. The one that was God himself lives in us. In terms of what the Father has purposed, it will absolutely, he will absolutely accomplish all that the Father has spoken.